We are not going to start this episode singing, Thomas. We just, <laughs> we're just not. Are we not? Well, but we it's can. the finale. Yeah. Me, 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 me. Finale. All right. Well, I will allow one musical number, but it has to have choreographed dancing and at least uh, some puppies and fireworks at the end. So that would be good for that. Um, I can get the fireworks. No problem. If it's Dalmatians, I'm in. <laughs> How do y'all feel about Cole Porter? Cole Porter. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a party to me. Well, Al and I did some scavenger hunt, and we found Thomas, and we found Heather, and we dragged them back, kicking and screaming against their will, and said, this is the season finale of season one. You have to be here. (laughs) Such a pain. (sighs) Why? And they're here. So we got the whole crew. This is awesome. (laughs) It's been like over a month since we've had... Everybody here at Community Rewatching 101, and now we do. And it's a important episode uh, because this, of course, does close out season one. And we're looking at Pascal's Triangle Revisited, uh, which is a wonderful mouthful of nonsense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so we've got we've got Heather, hey, and Thomas, hello, and Finale. <laughs> There you go. That was our musical member right there. So, uh, are you guys ready? Are you psyched? I'm so psyched. I'm so keen for this episode. This is going to be interesting. Do you guys realize we've been on, we've been doing this now for over a year? That's crazy. We we just hit our one year anniversary not too long ago. Happy anniversary, everybody. So make us a cake. That means that we also need to thank our listeners because you guys have been very faithfully listening to us and supporting us for supporting us by, I don't know, the like freeloading off of our podcast. Yeah, you're freeloaders. You've been <laughs> enjoying our entertainment, uh, which is totally fine. That's why we put it out there. But you guys have been listening and uh, buoying us up, and we really appreciate that. So thank, thank you. you. Yeah. I was promised I would just be screaming into the void, so I don't really know how I feel about this. <laughs> All right, Nietzsche. Let's do it. Um, okay, well, before we get into the episode proper, our, our question today concerns shipping, uh, not actually global trade and moving things across the ocean, but rather pairing up of two individuals, uh, whether or not it actually happens on screen. People at home like to ship characters, and they, they sometimes root for different pairings. Uh, so we have some different possible ships in tonight's episode, uh, some of which are very adamantly held by the community community. Well, that, that came off well. The community community. Uh, so I, I, I wanted to ask you guys, uh, are you a shipper when you watch shows? Do you tend to do this where you really want people to get together or you just don't care? I don't care. I feel like maybe I used to. I know I used to, but I no longer care. Okay. I, I think I'm the same. I used to, and I still do a bit. I find myself just naturally falling into a shipping state. But um, but I worry now all the time because I know that if they actually get together, I'm instantly not going to care anymore. So I, I kind of <laughs> ship, but I kind of hope that they won't. But I enjoy the shipping. I do enjoy it. Uh, I find myself pretty easily manipulated. So typically I tend to root for whoever the writers tell me I'm supposed to root for. 
I, I wish I was different than that. I wish I was cooler than that, but uh, that's the honest truth. Yeah, it's so you're saying you're malleable? I am malleable, ah, yes. Ah. Yes. <laughs> All right. There's got to be a future episode I can save that for. Objection. No, 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 <laughs> Press the button. You're only so creative. Keep them coming. <laughs> It is painful those those occasional times when you feel the writers trying to make you like a certain pairing and you just don't at all. That just hurts. I think it's almost more painful when you really want a couple to get together and the writers are like, "Nope, we're going to make this horrible couple get together instead." That don't work. Yeah. Like, "No, but you have amazing pairing over here. Why don't you just go with it?" Uh, I don't know. I, I don't I, I'm probably on, on more on your side there, Heather. I I don't really care quite as much. I think watching Joss Whedon shows kind of burn me out of really caring oh. about any characters and their happiness. Uh-huh. Understood. Understood. So, you know, like uh, <laughs> I wanted Willow and Oz to get together. Well, oh. that didn't happen. <laughs> that was an amazing pairing. Oh, well. Uh, anyway, so uh, we'll get into it. Uh, Heather, you're, you're both your punishment and your blessing is to give us our summary this week. I feel so conflicted about it now. Thank you. All right. It's the end of the semester at Greendale, and there will be yet another dance held, the transfer dance. Britta is initially upset to find out that she has been nominated for transfer queen, or trainee queen, as Dean calls it, but eventually embraces it as she competes with Slater for Jeff's attention. Slater wants Jeff back and sees Britta as competition. Britta hates Slater, so she is more than happy to compete. Annie reveals that she plans to move to Delaware with Vaughn, who's transferring so that he can be part of an apparently well-known hacky sack playing group. Tori needs a new place to live and keeps dropping hints to Abed that he would like to move in with him. Abed ignores these hints, which hurts Troy. Pierce, meanwhile, asks Troy to move in with him in his mansion. Who will be transfer queen? Who will be queen of Jeff's heart? Can Pierce and Troy live together? And did the Dean's Dalmatian fantasy come true? None of these will be answered in today's episode. <laughs> I think we could give it an honest try, though. We could try we'll see. it. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Well, we're here at the end of season one. As we said, this is the longest of all of Community Six seasons. We're at 25 episodes. Uh, so don't know where they got that extra one, but they got it. And here we are. It's uh, definitely the end of an era. Um, it feels like a weird appendage plopped at the end uh whereas we're we're just i don't know every time i get to the end of season one i just want season two to be there already and it feels kind of like kind of like real the end of uh, any college semester where you just kind of are ready to move on but you still have to kind of put in a little bit of time before that happens and so here we go um i don't know how we want to start this episode how do you guys what, what's pressing on your mind about <laughs> this particular episode look i already did my bit to start this it's on you guys <laughs> well I, i'm thinking about all the side characters we see in this episode just briefly it's it's cool that we we get to see so many again that have been th- uh with us throughout the season and they all get a little moment here which is a, a, a thing i like about finales in general uh i like when the finale really does feel like a finale and and we'll get to like more abed stuff about how he's talking about finale vibes, but I really think finale vibes is a thing I like in all TV shows. I like when the final episode feels special and like, this is it. This is the end. 
Mm. I agree. Study over. I like that where he keeps turning off the yeah. light trying to get that perfect. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, I've kind of done that in the past. You know, you, like, like when you realize something's over and, and then you stop and you look and you're just in your mind, you're kind of framing it like a movie and like, this is the moment. All right. You know, because I remember graduating from college and the the day of graduation it just everything happens so fast you know you graduate and suddenly your parents are there and you're hopping in a car and you'll never see your friends like not quite like that ever again and so it was my mind was like screaming slow down slow down soak it in you know Hmm. and no no we've got to drive back go 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 so kind of wish i had the abed moment of just revisiting everything maybe i should have done that (laughs) um all right so yeah what, what about all these little very small cameos, especially at the beginning. We had Leonard, Garrett, Vaughn, all with their little bits, and then we uh, don't. The, I don't think what's, what's the teacher's name? The um, season Whitman. day one. Whitman. Whitman. Whitman, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he was <laughs> a nice surprise to see him back. Mm-hmm. It's a good little line from Jeff there. Uh, hope next semester you pick a more timely reference or something. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> And speaking of people coming back, Duncan's back after how many episodes he's been away? Like 12? I mean, we haven't seen Duncan latter half of this season, I don't think at all. Yeah, it's kind of like kind of pull him off the bench because they need to give Chang something to do this episode. So let's go get John Oliver in as a day player and Mm -hmm. give him four scenes. He is so good with Chang, though. He is. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Like I, it made me remember, like, oh yeah, they had like back in the uh, the judge episode with the swimming pool. We always talk about mm-hmm. they're back and forth. That was great, and it, that's a really fun dynamic. I wish that we had seen more in this season. Uh, yeah, I feel like this episode kind of sets the scene with Chang for um, what is the proper amount of Chang in an episode. And I feel like this episode strikes that balance, strikes that really, really well. <laughs> this was a great amount of Chang. I appreciated it. Right. Chang was well utilized. Hmm. <laughs> I do like this running joke. You know, Jeff says, not much could ruin today. And the dean literally jumps out of a bush. Hi! <laughs> now walks up to him, leaps out of a bush. And he's like, I forgot that summons him. Yeah. <laughs> It's, uh, so even the Dean kind of, you know, like they are cramming a lot of characters into this particular episode. And mm-hmm. the Dean certainly is very up front and center. Uh, so, yeah. How many dances is the school going to have? I like that because if at this point they're kind of lampshading it, you know, they, like the one season they've had so many dances that at some point the audience is going another dance, mm-hmm. like another. How much money does this? school invest in dances and apparently five five and you get the t-shirt i want the t-shirt i was gonna say that's gotta be a fandom thing right there's gotta be yeah has to be i'm just saying my birthday was last week ain't none of you got me anything i would love the t-shirt happy belated birthday Uh, oh oh thank you oh (laughs) oopsie that's okay uh, we do find out one important plot point. I think that really hinges everything. This whole season hinges upon it. That Gary is transferring. <laughs> <laughs> and Troy says, I hope he transfers to hell. Uh, 
Troy, I think, is going to be our, our quote MVP of the episode. Maybe not. I don't know. But he gets some really good ones in here. And uh, this this mm-hmm. character, Gary, we never see. He's Shirley's friend. But apparently everybody just hates a lot. And, um, yeah. But I do love that, again, it's it's a college thing of the, the, one, the, the one friend of one person who comes along every once in a while and just ruins the night for you. And you know they're friends, and so you don't want to say anything, but every time Gary shows up, it just sucks. He's from a land without sun, Al. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, I wish they had kind of kept that going a little longer, but that was that was good. Yeah. So before we get deeper into this episode, I'm curious: mm-hmm. do any of you know what uh, um, what the status of Community was as a TV show at the end of this season? Because this this very much feels to me like it could have been a series finale if they chose not to renew it. I think they had the already renewed it. was it was doing fairly well for season one. Was it okay? Not like you know Friends big or anything like that, but it was definitely the strongest it was ever going to be. Okay. Because, so. yeah, I think with all the little cameos and all the little, you know, uh, the things we were just talking about, it, it feels to me like maybe they were just kind of edging their bets of, like, here's a final curtain call for everybody, just in case. Hmm. But maybe that's just me. Britta is still getting therapy from Duncan, which I guess that really goes back to the aforementioned pool episode where they all judged that she had to, to receive counseling because she cheated that one time and uh duncan says uh i don't know the one quote i wrote down i guess he's like bringing up a certain birthday party attended by a rather enterprising transient in a dinosaur costume (laughs) i kind of want that story i want to know what happened in britta's past with the dinosaur guy Uh, apparently it was very traumatic how do you guys feel about duncan being back is that bring the Warm the cockles of your heart, or you don't care? My cockles were thoroughly heated over it, I must admit. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot, but uh, I must say, I I feel like in an episode like this, I very quickly get my fill of Duncan, and then I'm, I'm okay with him not being around for a while. Uh, uh, he's, he's, he's funny, but uh, I feel like he's pretty one note for a lot of it. A lot of his jokes are just the same kind of self-deprecating or uh kind of uh ugly Randy british, british kind guy? of words yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um but it was it was fun to get a fill of duncan here he hasn't been there so, for what yeah you were saying like it's probably been like 10 even 15 episodes without him it's crazy and now it's not like he's just in the episode he's in a good chunk of the episode mm-hmm. so you know they're getting their money's worth i guess with that yeah uh, character but yeah it, it does feel weird like you haven't seen a guy for a while and suddenly he's just back in full-fledged force and he's interacting with chang and with britta and with slater and it's like oh you know like you, dude you go over in the corner with buddy you know like you don't really belong here anymore <laughs> you gotta earn your way into the group i don't know anybody find it weird that albed had a kegger completely yeah it's see, it's like a movie reference. Like, like, I feel like there should be an overt movie reference there. The reason why he did it, you know, I could see him wanting to do it because it's a college thing, but there's no, there's no specificity to it. It's like they needed a, a set piece, so they just gave it to the guy who lives in the dorm. I have never tracked mm. the fact that this was a kegger. 
I, I've watched this episode so many times, and this was the very first time I caught, oh, it's Abed's kegger. Hmm. I, I don't know why. Just, maybe. He's got a tall hat. He's got a foam sword. Yeah, Al, what's the theme here, man? That's what I'm saying. You got me beat, man. Yeah. <laughs> beat, beats me. That's the that's the phrase. Um, <laughs> not you got me beat. That's a whole different thing. We're beating the dead horse. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm, cause this is a safe space. I'm gonna, I'm willing to admit <laughs> that, uh, I, either because I'm uncool or because it's an American thing, maybe I had no idea what a kegger was and I looked it up on Google, but now I know. So everybody laugh at the nerd. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I've never actually been to a kegger, so, you know, really? yeah, really not. Well, I went to a college that didn't allow drinking, so there that was that was one big thing. Well, so yeah, that's not it's going to put a damper on it. It's going to put a little <laughs> bit of a damper on it. That's why and, you go uh, off campus, man? Yeah. Well, I, I guess I, I I would rather go to friends' house or playing Dungeons and Dragons and watching dorky movies, and uh-huh. then us mutant reviewers get together and we're not ever throwing keggers. Or, uh, Heather, please tell me you've been to a kegger. I mean, it wasn't in college, but when I was married to to my ex-husband in the Navy, all the Navy dudes who were of around college age threw a kegger or two at one of the bachelor houses. They they all like rented together one of these like rundown shitty houses that they would rent out just to the Americans because they're going to completely <laughs> trash it, and they did. So I, I have been to one a couple of times just to uh, mostly to help with the grilling because you do not want the drunk people there grilling your food. <laughs> I'm not so sure I've been to a kegger where there was grilling. Normally, it's just whatever you can find in the cabinets of whoever. Lives well, there. <laughs> you know, it, it, it then and that's why I'm like, it wasn't college kids like they all had a place to live and they had military money coming in so they could afford to have a grill <laughs> and some food to put on it. And I was sitting there watching the episode going, did I even, did I drink out of the keg? I probably didn't. I pro- I don't think I did. <laughs> but most importantly, have, have the, are the keggers that you've been to, do they have dancing like Troy's dancing? Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, no. Nobody could move it quite like Troy. <laughs> but there was dancing. <laughs> I love the look on his face after he does it. He's like, yeah, that was good, wasn't it? I'm pretty proud yeah. of myself. <laughs> Britta, apparently, she's got issues. Uh, she's scared of becoming a blow-up doll. Um, but that's okay. Uh, she was told so- her mouth looks like a coin purse when she wears certain <laughs> lipstick colors. <laughs> <laughs> that is, oh uh, that's pretty harsh, but, you know, okay. Harsh, but somehow, and I've never heard anyone say that before, but I immediately could visualize what he was, yep. what her mouth must have looked like. I was like, oh, wow, okay. You've seen you've seen some people wear that really yeah. bright red fire mm-hmm. engine red kind of lipstick. Yeah. Yeah. So at, at Abed's kegger, uh, Slater suddenly out of nowhere, she's back, and you can hear from the excitement in my voice. This has been the moment I'm so waiting for in this season. Yeah, just do us Deus X Slater. Uh, she's just out of you know, she dumped him. Now she's back. Kind of wants him again. Is it me or does she have the creepiest smile at it's times? It's the last thing you'll ever see before Ugh. her talons <laughs> dig into your eyeballs. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Like especially at the kegger when they turn around and she's there and there's just that weird smile that's plastered. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's terrifying. 
I wonder, I feel like in previous episodes, she was presented as not a part of the group, but kind of group adjacent. And in this episode, she's a straight up antagonist. Yeah. I wonder if they're presenting her differently because she's fulfilling a different role. Or maybe I'm just thinking about it way too much. Because I don't remember thinking her smile was that creepy before. Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to get into my rant too early, but this is one of the, the big problems of the episode. They're trying to cram in so many different people and so much stuff that they haven't done any real onboarding so that suddenly Slater's back and now she has to be part of this love triangle. And it's like, okay, but maybe you could have cut out Leonard and Vaughn and spent a you know couple more seconds there but no we've got to have all these other it's just so much it's so much so it almost feels like she's just a jack-in-the-box who suddenly boink, she's there and it's this big uh moment of conflict whereas jeff should have just looked at her and gone no dude you dumped me sorry bye mm-hmm. i i kind of got really frustrated with jeff that jeff didn't just like express you know frustration that you know, yeah, I don't really want you in my life anymore because you're, you're the one who dumped me. Me too. Yeah, there, there was a whole episode dedicated to him just moping around or insisting that he wasn't moping around, having to come to terms with his emotions. And yes. it mm-hmm. is suddenly weird that he can't make a decision. Hmm. Right. Because for, for me, I was just like, that. you've got someone that already didn't work with. And then you've got someone you've never tried it with before. And she really wants to be with you. Like, try it. Not that I ship him and Britta. I was just like, if I were Jeff, that's kind of how I would think. Do you think anybody watching this episode was really going, oh, man, I bet they're going to get back together. Right? (laughs) Yeah. Anybody. Yeah. Or even him and Britta. But okay. Um, Yeah. Britta Britta nominated to be transfer queen, which it's a weird dance to have suddenly, you know, like a prom queen kind of thing. But that's okay. Yeah. There's a really uh, great yeah. Annie moment when Annie uh, describes uh, what the transfer queen thing is, and in the same breath, she says it's just an incredible line delivery. It's this long, complicated sentence, and it includes like, "I want to murder you. Aren't you excited?" It's such a great delivery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True comedic genius, really. She's funny. Yeah, she she pulled that off. Yeah. Shirley doesn't seem to get much this episode. Um, Neither does Pierce. They're really in the deep background. They get like, I guess Shirley did a keg stand. That was her thing. Um, Okay, so let's we're we're into the dance. Let's talk about the transfer dance. Uh, I I noted that Pierce has a tip jar on the piano. Nice (laughs) little touch. I didn't see that. (laughs) Who do you think he was the one that put the money in that tip jar in there just to? Be that's, like, a, that's a good hey. fan theory. Yeah. Hashtag Heather's fan theories. Yeah. It's all over Twitter right now. That's an actual, uh, I don't know what the word is now, the uh, tactic. Yeah. Put a couple of dollars in there first, and it kind of makes other people more You're likely seeding. to put money in there. Everyone's doing it. D-I-N-G. Seeding something. Ah. Look at me. I learned something new today. Yeah. Yeah. It helps get the ball rolling because it serves as an unconscious prompt. Mm-hmm. That, oh, that's what you should be doing. So I, I try to help them by taking money out of the tip jar to say, hey, I'm helping myself. You should be giving me money. It's like a take a penny, leave a penny, except for nobody agreed to it. Yes. Yeah. Um, I do think Pierce has one good line that I don't want to let go by. I love I, I 
don't remember where it is in the episode, uh, but he says something, and everyone looks at him. And he says, "I say things no one else will say." That has value. Yeah, that's a great. I did like that line. line. Yeah, <laughs> I did that line. You know, because that's true. Sometimes he's the vocal id of the show. He's just he's just saying stuff, and you're like, oh, tactful people would never say that, but. Sometimes it's kind of nice to hear people open up and, and say stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's one other thing he does in this episode, which, I mean, I don't like that he does the thing with the banana, but it's worth it for the look on Troy's face. Troy looks <laughs> so genuinely uncomfortable <laughs> and perplexed. <laughs> which is weird because at the beginning of the season, like the, there is a little continuity here where Pierce is like, what happened to us? Like at the beginning of the season, Troy and Pierce were the immature goofballs at the end of the table for like an episode and a half and now he's you know troy's firmly on team abed and uh pierce is all by himself in weirdo corner so well troy actually seems to have also grown Mm -hmm. as a person whereas clearly pierce never did i'm just saying what do you guys do with your bananas when you're showing them off I eat them slowly and methodically, I like any s- good tart would. <laughs> <laughs> what? You asked what we do with the bananas. <laughs> you just called yourself a tart. Okay. Yeah. Right. I'm, su- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sweet and a little fruity. I don't know what you want. <laughs> digging a hole, digging a hole, digging a hole all the way down. Is this is this dance a little classy? I mean, this is probably the classiest dance that Greendale's had. It's it's ritzy. It's definitely got kind of a senior prom thing. I, I forget who said that earlier, but it really does have, yeah, like a formal dance vibe. Yeah, with a giant cookie. <laughs> Contrangulations. <laughs> I didn't see that. Is that what it says on there? Yes. yes. Yeah. Oh, good catch. Good catch. Troy is. Very delighted that nobody has taken the giant cookie yet. I liked how uh, how excited he got, and then he just spends the rest of the episode munching this thing down. Uh, way to go, Troy! So since we're on, the, I brought up Troy. Let's talk about Troy and Abed. What's the deal with this subplot line thing? Troy is getting kicked out of his house, I guess. He says his dad doesn't want him living anymore there anymore. We actually mentioned earlier that we never hear about his parents, so I guess this is a, a re- reference to that. Um, and so Troy suggests that, oh, hey, Abed has an extra bunk in his room. Why don't they become roommates? Abed's not really on board with that and kind of just ignores him. He literally uh, just turns his head right around the other way. <laughs> like... Yeah, I've got a spare bed. Mm. <laughs> yep. And Troy brings it up like twice more. And Abed's just the first two times, he's completely ignoring him. And then he's like, no, it's, you know, if we hang out too much together, then we'll annoy each other and we won't be friends anymore. I call BS on this whole thing. This is what I'm leading up. I'm sorry. I'm not going to wait for you guys to say it. It's. This is the most frustrating part of this episode, and this is such a frustrating episode to me. Troy and Abed are a really good bromance 
couple. They're, they're awesome together. They seem to spend a lot of time, including 5 a.m. Troy and Abed in the morning shows together. So obviously they're spending probably like 95% of their time together. It makes no sense for the show to suddenly turn around and go, yeah, it's not a good idea that they room together because they might annoy each other. And then like a season later, they're getting an apartment together. This whole thing, it just the logic of it doesn't hold up. But maybe that's me. Do you feel like the the show really made the case that they shouldn't be roommates? No, I don't I don't think they made a good case at all. I mean, it's understandable for someone to be concerned that they might start arguing because it is hard to live with another person no matter the context. Sure. But yeah, I don't I don't think the show has made that a good point. Like, oh yeah, I can see that. You're just more like, oh, well, I don't think so. I think you guys would be great. Yeah, it's <laughs> a it's a point that I suppose in 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 real life I I would I agree with, and I think it you know it's it's a it's a risky thing to to move in with someone you really like because uh, yeah it, there is a chance it it rubber bands and snaps goes the other way, um, but. But I, I do agree that I feel like once they bring it up in an episode like this, what I want to see is them somehow overcome that still. Sure, it could be a problem, but they can they can surely circumvent it somehow. And I, I do enjoy uh, Troy's realization with the cookie, though, when he says, uh, how could something that's delicious make me sick? And he's, he has a realization. Uh, I like that moment, but still... I do agree, yeah. Surely it could have gone a bit further or come around. So I'm going to go tell my wife that too much of her is not a good thing and she should get out of my house. <laughs> by that, by the cookie logic. Tell her that and let us know how that goes. <laughs> no, I will not. Because Abed, <laughs> Abed is a jerk in this episode. I am sorry. He is a jerk. And not consistently, but in those couple interchanges with Troy... Even though Abed doesn't know social cues, he's obviously understanding of what's going on, does not communicate well to Troy, ignores him, sees that Troy's flailing about uh, because of his living situation, and Abed's just kind of a flat-out jerk to him. I, yeah, I, I agree. Very few times in this show I don't like Abed. I usually love him, but there's like two or three episodes, and this is one of them, where just the writers make him into a guy I kind of want to just take that foam sword and slap him across the face a few times until he acts a little bit better. <laughs> I'll stop talking now. I'm sorry. This just <laughs> this bugs me so much. No, it's fine. Share your passion with us. It's okay. <laughs> there was an episode of Happy Days where a guy literally jumped over a shark and it was, it was the awesome. best one. <laughs> it was the best one. <laughs> I really, I thought that was funny. That's such a Troy thing to say. Mm, yes. It? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there's no reason Abed should have been a jerk like that about it. I agree. He should have just talked to Troy. And it doesn't even need to be like a like a very special moment kind of thing. Like I feel yeah. Abed of future seasons would be happy to say like, no, nah, it's not a good idea. You and I would get sick of each other because of blah, 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 blah. He mm -hmm. would be more than happy to explain himself. Uh, the only times he doesn't want to do that are when he's trying to like pull something off. But that's not what he's doing. Mm -hmm. mm. so yeah i know it's a very contrived plot point it, it doesn't have to be a plot point it could have nobody had to mention that abed had a spare bunk you can go right mm -hmm. to pierce hasn't you know has a spare room yeah al that that you just hit upon the word the word 
contrived. This episode is contrived. Very. There's a lot of sudden plot developments that are come out of left field. They, they're not natural for the season, where the season has come from, where it's going. It just suddenly abruptly like, oh, Annie's leaving. Oh, Slater's back. Oh, Britta's saying I love you. Oh, Troy. You know, like, what? <laughs> Where's this coming from? It's like, I can see why you would say, you know, maybe they were worried the show would get canned or something. And we just got to kind of do everything all at once. But it's it just doesn't fit. It really doesn't. And that's and especially I mean, building up, I guess we can go into this other one. And then I really will rest my piece here <laughs> that this Britta Slater Jeff triangle, uh, especially as we've talked about how. Jeff and Britta have kind of really settled into a very comfortable sort of friendship, sort of brother-sister relationship with benefits that sounded really creepy, but okay. And now suddenly Britta confesses love. And go. Does that make sense? Does that not make sense? Is that earned? Is it not earned? What is going on in Britta's head? Is she truly flavor country? And where is that located? (laughs) It's baffling. The defining feature of both Britta and Slater previously was that they don't care. Uh, and that's what's kind of cool about them. And now they, it's suddenly in this episode, both care so much. And there's this kind of competing thing to explain it. But why are the, why the competing isn't enough to explain it? It's, this is so random. <laughs> yeah. And competing over Jeff. Is he really worth it? No. Season one, Jeff, especially. No. <laughs> I mean, maybe Al. Al might champion that, but yeah. I mean, the rest Jeff, of us, I think. Jeff is the worst. I will die on that hill. <laughs> <laughs> Never forget the sweatpants. <laughs> I think there's enough bad stuff that he does in this episode. You don't even have to go back to the, the uh, oh, man, the when, when they both confess their love for him and... <laughs> Then they just stare like the camera just goes into his face. And admittedly, Troy kind of sneaking up to him going, hey, man, everybody's <laughs> waiting for your answer. That was hilarious. Yes. But, but Jeff just like not answering, not really talking for a while, not really handling this whole weird out of nowhere situation uh, with any sort of tact. It's. ah. Uh, it just made me wonder, like, yeah, what's what's with this guy? Why why do they care about him this much all of a sudden? I don't know. It just also makes me feel like this is feeding into a weird male fantasy where, yes, the women must fight over us because we are just naturally amazing, even if we haven't earned it. Uh, whereas, who's fighting over Britta? I'd like to see, like, three people fight over Britta because, again, she is flavor country. <laughs> Why? Why did you have to say that again? It's that's my favorite line of the episode. Now, he needs now a girl who twice. doesn't wear underwear because she hasn't done laundry in three weeks. <laughs> yeah. He's been to Flavor Country now. now okay, there's the third one. And you done. acted horrified about the banana thing. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Hypocrite! I think we're thinking about different things. It's okay. I'm not going to really ask for elaboration here. I don't know. The, I don't want to give any. So that's fine. Team Slater, Team Britta, Team I don't know what's going on. What do you I'm guys think about the triangle? 
<laughs> Big cookie. Bring Conan back. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody that cheers. Was a good look. That's sad. <laughs> that was a good line. Was that Starburns? Yeah. And apparently, yeah. I, I only just read this on IMDb that um, that actor wrote for Conan um, previously. Oh, did he? So oh, cool. He might have improvised that line. Yeah. <laughs> there is some nice background stuff that's going on here, too. Like, there's, a, I think, one of the other transfer queen nominees was Danielle Harden. Danielle uh, yeah. Harmon. Harmon. Yeah. Danielle Harmon. Yeah. That's right. That's... Get it, get it. Yeah. Yeah. So, can I. It... Sorry. You can. So, can we talk for a second about the whole tranny dance joke that runs through the episode? Sure. It's obviously, especially in 2022, it's it's not in great taste. Is it funny? No. At all? I don't think it was funny ever. Yeah. I think what they're going for is, especially season one, Dean, where it's kind of what's called the innocent pervert. Okay. Where I, I'm just kind of this is like a trope where yeah, like Tobias in Arrested Development, where you have somebody who's just kind of wide eyed and then they're just kind of saying things that uh, are not hey, but uh, they don't quite realize what they're saying, or you know, just because they're saying it in such a way that makes them sound very childlike, so it creates this weird dissonance. That's that's what I think they were going for. I don't. I don't think this ever really landed the way that they wanted it to. I was thinking the exact same words. It didn't land. Yeah. So, and I feel. I kind of feel like they just let the joke go after a while, anyways, because it wasn't. It wasn't really working. Yeah. It. it uh, I like the comparison to Tobias. That does feel like a similar character to the Dean, but much better executed. They kind of get a better handle on the Dean oh, in future seasons. They sure do. They they definitely do. Yeah. No, he becomes a fantastic character. But uh, I do that like makes a lot, lot of sense the, to me. The Dean at the dance and the you know the asking the Dalmatian, "Do you believe in soulmates?" Is <laughs> I found that all funny, but also slightly kind of like uh, uh, like. This was a funny joke that I loved throughout the season because it was so subtle and in the background. And now that it's so obvious and in the foreground, I feel like a part of the joke died for me, even though it was, I still liked it here. It's, I think it's kind of dead now. <laughs> I think, I, and I think you're right because this is pretty much the last time they'll ever bring up Dalmatians with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point about comedy. Sometimes less is better. Yeah, it's like um. Do you did you guys ever watch Thirty Rock? Oh yeah, I, I don't think I finished it, but I watched a lot of it back in the day. So that's a great example of like a very subtle running joke was that Kenneth the Page is immortal, like he's lived forever and ever, and but it just comes out in these like little references, little jokes, little. I mean, just blink it and you'll miss it. But by the end of the show, they thought, oh, we've really got to lean into this. And there's like a couple episodes where they make a bigger and bigger point out of it. And then the whole the whole series ends with literally like it's 50 years in the future and he still looks he's still working there and he still looks the same. And it's like, oh, OK, you know, like it was I, I sometimes I, I agree, like a little bit of a good thing is just keep it going. Oh, that cookie. 
that'd be a good cookie metaphor but <laughs> yeah don't don't run jokes into the ground people I'm not, gonna, do, not yeah. gonna lie. You, you kind of make me want to completely rewatch Thirty Rock now because I don't know that I picked up on that at all, other than the really obvious things at the end. Yeah, there's there's probably a YouTube compilations if you don't want to sit through how many ep- how many series and just love, see all the references. But I love your efficiency. Yeah, there you go. Uh, do do you think Jeff should have gotten together with Britta or Slater? Nope. No. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you think he should have gotten out of there and gone and uh, smooched Annie for a while? God, no. Yeah, that seemed really strange. the best option if those were the only three options. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, okay, if I, I cheer on a couple, I do like Jeff and Annie because I feel like they do have really good chemistry. Me too. But the way they handled this was super abrupt like everything else in this episode and um it yeah. comes off very creepy when i was watching it i'm like ma'am you just came back from being in a car with a guy you're gonna move across the country for and then jeff you just walked out of the gym where two women one of which you were definitely into for a while professed their love and now you all are like ready to make out with each other what I think it's really, this is all the power of the Nguye Macadangdang Jr. That's that's just a magic. <laughs> you know, I didn't think of it does. that way, but you bring up a really good point. Yeah, That's the power of this hacky sack player. He brings unlikely people together. Okay, so what else, anything else you guys want to talk about from this episode? Do you feel like it concludes the season well? Well, I guess just before we get off the, the Annie kiss, it's like you were saying, it's so, it's, it, it's surprising, at least. I don't know how you guys felt the first time you watched it, if you can remember, but I certainly didn't see it coming. And it is a surprising way to end the season. Uh, Same. And then it does, it cuts to black and that's the end kind of before you can even process it, which is a pretty, uh, you know, uh, impactful end to the season. And I, I agree with what you guys were saying that it, it, I don't think it totally works in the way that maybe they wanted it to, but it does definitely work in making me immediately want to see what happens next. And it gets me uh, really wanting to see season two uh, pronto because uh, that's a Spanish word. It means soon. Um, the Spanish class is over, Thomas. We're we're moving on here, man. Look at Mister Spanish over there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it um, it's a kind of it. It's certainly a a bit of a cliffhanger um that gets me excited for season two, despite myself. Even though I'm like, I don't really, you know, I don't want more of this weird love triangle stuff. But I'm like, oh, what's going to happen next? They do kind of create a couple plot threads that they pick up in season two of Chang punching out Duncan. That's a little one. Annie and Jeff kissing. Uh, Jeff and Britta. I mean, these are major things, but they do kind of talk about it. This yeah. is, by the way, that we never see Vaughn after this episode, right? Wow. This is our farewell to Vaughn. He has moved now to Delaware to be the next Macadangdang Jr. And as far as I can tell, I don't think that's a real person, but I did look it up. <laughs> Nice. Just got a lot of community references, so I think it's made up for the show. Um, 
feel like that's a bit of a maybe not a wasted opportunity, but they could have come back around at some point of reading a newspaper about this new hacky sack sensation or something. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, uh, yeah, he's a. Uh, uh, they few, didn't have. Sorry, I kind of find it interesting. The supporting cast of season one is pretty small. Like looking back, hmm. uh, in terms of like the extras, you got Leonard, you got Garrett, Yvonne, Whitman, you know, like Duncan, like these handful of characters. But by the time we get to season three and four, it's so many more. Like I, I just realized like how many more characters we have yet to be introduced to. Yeah, there are a few more good Duncan moments. I feel that are worth mentioning like the um the the food on the face bit is pretty funny um, <laughs> am i okay uh <laughs> yes and but there's also i think in the scene after that when he's hitting on slater he ends that scene by just like tipping over a big tray of food and that just confused me i didn't find it funny i was just kind of like what happened there was it just was he supposed to just be drunk uh, yeah, me too. He's drunk. I think that was okay. what they it were was unexpected. At. Yeah, I thought it was more like almost so drunk you're becoming self-destructive. Like he did it. He did it intentionally, but it was because he was drunk and he's a sloppy drunk. Sure, because they had to kind of, They had to really rush this, where so the dean would come up and like lay him off so that Chang could punch him out. Yes. I really like that moment with the quarters. <laughs> me too. Do you know what I got in my hand? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, we did learn an important safety tip for any keggers. You are not supposed to inhale. Pierce almost <laughs> died inside. Uh, so I guess that was Pierce's other good line. So, yeah. Uh, I don't I know. I just really it, liked yeah. the bit at the kegger where uh, Britta... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think it was maybe the funniest bit of the episode for me, where she pulls that other woman's hair. <laughs> See, it's not good. Yeah, I really liked that bit. That was funny. That felt like early season Britta, where she has like some good sass and yeah, she doesn't care as much. Like she's kind of sort of abrasive, but she just has fun with it. Uh, we get the closing credits, which are uh, Abba did a video yearbook. Which apparently is just pretty much about him and all his friends. It kind of starts this running gag in community where the rest of the school gets a little tired of the Greendale Seven always like everything always being about them. Hmm. So I kind of like this joke of you know like we're not even in this. Why did we pay money for this? I don't know. And I don't Leonard, know any of these people. That might be my favorite part of the episode. It's the end credits tag. <laughs> Leonard, what a year! Only two pregnancy scares. And Starburns, but like, I just want someone to know that there's a man between these pointing at his sideburns. Yeah, I, I would have loved to. I mean, if the whole episode was Abed's year video yearbook, hmm. could that have been something? I would have watched it. That, that definitely like could have been. Premise. Yeah, yeah. I think in future seasons where they were more okay going kind of off the wall. Hmm. There's one other okay, tiny so little bit. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, just this one quick bit. I forget what Jeff's saying, but he's talking to someone off screen called Jorge, I think. Uh, and it just, what, I forget what he's saying, but it sounds like they're the best of mates. And it's this funny little uh, start of a scene in a hallway where Jeff's just saying, yeah, great, great stuff, Jorge, and walks off down. Do we? There's a runner in that whole first half of the se- of the episode of him just... Yeah, saying his like end of year goodbyes. Yeah, true. 
Oh well, I, I, I'm looking out for Jorge in future. He's my he's my guy. All right. Okay, are we ready to go into our report cards and give this one a rating? I'm a bit nervous. All right. Okay. Well, Thomas, why don't you start us, sir? Oh, uh, okay. Uh, um, you well, ate too much I... of the cookie, didn't you? <laughs> I I still. Uh, as of this moment, I don't know what rating I'm going to give it, so I'll say a few words and then we'll see what I say. Um, it's uh, <laughs> it's this is an, this is a strange episode. I the finale vibes, like I said, I just adore. Like even though so much of the story and the characters in this episode is nonsense for n- in not a good way, c- just complete nonsense. And why is this happening? And why should we care? There's still the feeling that everyone's got a pep in their step. Everyone's got their best clothes on. This is the finale. We're doing it. We're seeing all the all the characters from the season. Things are changing. It's exciting. And so for that reason, I really thought I was going to give it a C. But actually, over the last hour talking to you guys, I, I, I'm going to give it a D. It's going to be a D. I can't give it the C that I wanted to. Sorry. Nobody's twisting your arm, man. You're you're on free. Someone's free literally person. here twisting my arm. I thought that was a part of oh. how the podcast works. No, that's that's just you, hun. We it's never said that. <sighs> okay. All right. So we got a D from Thomas. Al, what do you think, bud? I almost could give the exact same little speech there because I was really, really wrestling. I think I came into this conversation wanting to give the episode a C because it just sort of putters along but so much of it feels disconnected and so much so much of it doesn't make a lot of sense just yeah, again it feels contrived so i've got to go d as well as much as there's some real stuff in here that i love it just is a weak episode heather do you concur i am I'm going to go with C because if I if I remember, which I, I, I'm going to be like Al and say I would pretty much just repeat exactly what Thomas said. He was saying all the things I was thinking. Um, I'm just I'm going to go with the C because I don't find it practically unwatchable. In fact, it it oddly felt a little short and that could just be because it was kind of all over the place. But I'm going to give it a C just because I didn't hate it. There were a couple of funny moments, but I just. Ugh. I don't know. I almost gave it a D just for Slater alone. She is so not likable in this episode. Well, not at all. Any sure. effort to make her uh, likable. And I, I really just don't like the pitting two women against each other for some man. And that, like, why? Why are you guys competing like this? The the crappy little backbitey, passive-aggressive stuff they'd say. I was like, oh my gosh, woman, aren't you? Like, you're a teacher at this school. Britta, you're a grown-up. Come on. It's a missed opportunity for her to bring up another statistics joke, too. Like, you know, Jeff, you, the odds are in your favor of dating me. You know, they don't. Oh. Yeah, Slater didn't need a personality in this episode, so. <laughs> um, This is the moment I've been waiting for. This is actually the whole reason why we started this podcast, why I started it. You know, I, I wanted to do the podcast. You guys have your own reasons. Uh, because I wanted to take out my revenge upon this episode. Everything else is downhill from there. 
Um, I'm only being slightly facetious. I hate this episode so deeply. And it, it's weird because, like, I have a fun time talking with you guys about it. I really do. And there, I, I will freely acknowledge there are funny lines. There are funny moments. It's really nice to, to see some of these characters, to get these little snapshots, to, you know, Abed flicking on and off the lights. Like, oh, yeah. But at the end of the day, I go, do I enjoy this episode? Does it fit within the series? And I go, no. And no, it is. It's like they all the writers completely forgot who these characters were. And all the all the writers forgot everything that had happened in season one. And I just remember the first time I ever watched through Community and I got to the season finale and I went, man, I I don't know what they're going to do to, you know, like season two is going to be horrible if this is an example. And I mean, thank God, you know, it gets so much better, but it just was such a weird decline in quality. And especially it just feels like it's an unneeded season finale when they just had a season finale with Spanish, the Spanish uh, final episode. So I'm giving an F and I'm not even going to feel a little bit bad about that. Uh, I don't, it's just an unnecessary, poorly written episode and giant cookie and Troy and everything like that. I apologize. I promise I'll be much kinder to you in season two. So there we go. That feels good. That feels like cleansing. <laughs> that feels like I really made some good progress in my, my group therapy here. Is that our uh, first F? No, think, we've done. Is uh, that? I've given at least one F. <laughs> yeah. Justin gave an F to the, what the episode with the teenagers from high, in high school. Oh, I uh, hate that yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. True. <laughs> You weren't here for that episode, were you? I thought I was, or did I just watch? I bet that I bet I did wasn't with you guys I'll for that one. You. I've got grades for all four of us, so I don't, okay. but I don't remember if she was on the recording or not. All right. Well, that, that look at this. Let's just let's take a moment to turn off the lights in our room and realize this is the end of uh, season one, at least in terms of our show by show recap. And that's that's cool. Like we've actually made a full entire season for the show. Uh, doesn't mean we're actually done with season one, though. We have uh, a little bit of follow up. We want to do a wrap up episode. And we're going to do this after every season where we want to break down our ratings. We want to talk about the season as a whole, our favorites, the high points, the low points, the in between points, our favorite characters, you know, just whatever we want to talk about. Uh, really, it will probably be listening to about a ha solid half an hour of Thomas doing very broken Spanish, but we're going to humor <laughs> him and we're going to let him See. just bravo, sir. Bravo. Bueno. Uh, <laughs> and then we might have a little surprise after that. And then, yes, we will get into season two. Are you guys excited to go into season two, by the way? I'm, I'm actually so really excited. excited for season two. Yeah. Yeah. I, I accidentally let the. I was I was watching it on Netflix this time because I don't have my Amazon subscription anymore. But it, it started to play through the intro to season two. I was like, no, 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 no. But but in the meantime, I was also like, oh, I'm so tempted to let it play though. So I'm excited to see it. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. I'm um, I'm looking forward to it. Well. I just want to thank everybody for listening uh, on behalf of all the community rewatching 101 crew here. Uh, thank you for going on this journey with us through season one. Follow us on Twitter at 101 rewatching. You definitely want to check out in the show notes. We've got some awesome links here. You don't want to go check out mutant reviewers, which is our cult movie review blog. You want to check out Heather's Twitch channel. She's only been banned for indecency twice. Oh, and... I thought it was more than that. Dang. I'm yeah, losing no. my, losing You're my touch. Only... 
only gone to Flavor Country twice. <laughs> one more. Oh. And they kick you out. Oh. Check out Thomas's YouTube channel. Uh, I don't know. Have you been active on the channel lately? Should I be promoting it, Thomas? I haven't done anything in months, but um, I so I, so so it's the time to promote. I need those views. Get going. All the <laughs> check out his shame. His shame. Like he fine wine. <laughs> <laughs> Some of those videos will will be evergreen. They will last forever, especially. Um, <laughs> How to survive the early days of the pandemic. Yeah, that was that was a good good survival guide. He didn't actually do that one, but I would watch it because Thomas is entertaining. All right, that's it. Any anything else you guys want to say? Thank you so much, my little blueberries. Yeah. Oh, and actually, oh, just because you you mentioned the Twitter already, Justin, but um, I saw you you the, put a tweet on the community rewatching Twitter asking about people's favorite and least favorite episodes of season one and there are already some comments but it'd be good to yeah get more of those we could discuss them next time so that's yeah, a great that idea on Twitter. i would love that it's cool to hear other people's uh favorites absolutely what it's is weird. the most some horrifying th- thing that justin has repeated over and over <laughs> like the cosmic <laughs> throbbing womb <laughs> you, you know i'm just it's i'm a reporter i'm just reporting on what happened in the show if it, it happens to offend you and your delicate sensibilities, then, you know, I'll, I'll get you some earplugs. We'll forge on from there. What'd you say? I wasn't listening. I know. <laughs> I know. All right. That's it for us today. CR 101 out. Study over. 